welcome to the PetCast, brought to you by leading pet charity Blue Cross. I'm Emma Barton and joined once again by my dog Poppy, who's listening across to everything in the background. Now, every single one of us has had our lives turned upside down this year due to coronavirus. So whether it's been a local or national, lockdowns and restrictions have seen us spend more time in our own homes than we're used to, or indeed our pets are used to. So how has the pandemic affected our pets? It's like nothing we've ever experienced, really, is it? Bearing in mind that our pets are all individuals, they all have their own thoughts and feelings, it was inevitable that it would have an impact on them as well. Leanne Reed is a member of the Blue Cross Animal Behaviour Team. She'll tell us what we're learning about the impact of COVID-19 restrictions on our pets' behaviour as we move in and out of lockdowns and live side by side with the virus. Plus, we have my fellow EastEnders actor and friend Kelly Bright, who talks to us about how her dog Bodhi has coped with having everyone around so much during lockdown. So he was spoiled, really, because he got all the love, all the company, but so yes, I think my dog thought that the lockdown was a win-win. And this is what we do on the PetCast. Have candid conversations around the big issues facing pet lovers like me and you. With some of the UK's leading pet experts who are on hand to give us their best tips, tricks and guidance. Leanne, welcome to the podcast. Um, you've got a little dog and I think, is it true that you've got a Parsons Russell Terrier like me? Yes, I have. And <laughs> oh. yeah, she's 13. So uh, she's doing well. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Poppy dog's 12 and a half, getting on a bit, bit miserable. Oh. I don't know about yours. Yes. So tell me, three-year-old and a Parsons mm. Russell Terrier, that they, they're, they're quite vocal at times, aren't they? How did you cope with both of those during lockdown how was it yeah my dog bless her scrumpy she is obviously as I said getting on a little bit now so she um I I always say she's sort of gone into retirement so we don't we don't hear as much noise anymore and and that that sort of thing but she coped quite well really but the sort of childcare aspect was very very interesting so obviously I I was very blessed uh, to be able to work through the whole of lockdown working from home but obviously normally I would have childcare my daughter goes to nursery that was definitely an adjustment for all of us perhaps a little bit too much screen time than I would normally like but you know I think we all just had to do what what we could what we had to do yeah Um, (laughs) can we clear something up coronavirus can animals get it so there have been some studies of a very small number of pets who have caught coronavirus from an infected owner. And these numbers are actually really, really low. So uh, we're sort of saying there's actually no need for people to be um, alarmed or to to worry um, unnecessarily. It's not a bad idea to sort of reduce as much contact as possible if they have caught the virus. But there's no evidence to suggest that the pets can pass it on to people. And, it, you know, it would just be wise to make sure you're washing your hands regularly between sort of touching your pet and and petting them and and whatnot but but the 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 risk to us from our pets is um that there's actually no evidence to to suggest that I must admit I did I did get a bit panicky because even um Poppy just decided to just have like a really bad sneezing fit Mm, (laughs) last week and it it went away but you know at first you're thinking 
that's not normal. Mm-hmm. She, you don't normally do this. So mm-hmm. then I started to panic thinking, has she got the dreaded? Yeah. But, um, no, she's, uh, she's all okay. Yeah. So <laughs> in this episode, we wanted to talk about pet behavior and linking it up with coronavirus. So lockdown had such an impact on the behavior of some of our pets. I mean, it, it's like nothing we've ever experienced, really, yeah. is it? And and I think when you consider the impact that it had on people, um, and bearing in mind that our pets are all individuals, they all have their own thoughts and feelings, um, it was inevitable that it would have an impact on them as well. You know, the, the restrictions that we, we were under, um, some... Uh, pets were getting more exercise because obviously if you were in a bigger family and and, uh, each person if they were sort of needing to self-isolate or shield perhaps there was less exercise going on and obviously more people around so yeah big changes big changes of routine for for all of us and and yeah it was inevitable that it would have an effect yeah and our pets looking at us saying why are you here why absolutely you usually leave us alone and i can have a good old snooze while you go to work and you're still here yeah <laughs> <laughs> blue cross has talked to many people about their dogs you know struggling with lockdown what what have they been telling us we have had a really wide range of issues sort of coming through with, with our clients. So uh, ranging from sort of uh, things that may seem more simple, such as excessive barking or sort of minor training problems, perhaps problems between um, pets that are living in the household. So if somebody has more than one one animal, perhaps problems there, right through up to perhaps your more serious issues involving sort of aggressive behaviour towards family members. So really wide range. It comes as no real surprise or it certainly wasn't a surprise to us that we were seeing um, more issues relating to sort of home-based problems. So issues stemming from uh, the home rather than out and about, um, whereas in normal times we would have much more of a mix. Um, but that obviously comes as no surprise as we weren't getting out as much as we we do normally, perhaps. Mm. So, I noticed yeah. Pops was... Um, sort of adopted this really weird thing of just like constantly licking Mm. just constantly licking her paws which I never sort of noticed that before Mm -hmm. um I don't I didn't know if that was a bit of a stressy thing Uh, it it certainly could be I think one thing that lockdown has certainly brought uh to our attention is that was this an issue or is it a stress-related issue to do with lockdown or is it just that we've we had the time to notice yeah you know that that this has always been there but that we just weren't around enough to to really pay as much attention I'm not sure I know the answer to that to be perfectly honest and I think it will be um uh, it will be different for everybody so yeah the answer is it certainly could be but it could be that that was something that she would do throughout the day um and you're you were just home to see it yeah, exactly. And and also, like you said earlier, that, you know, it was it was a massive change just for us and now for our pets. And also having kids at home, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to school, they weren't going to nursery, which okay. actually it sort of does sort of link me on to another guest that we have on Petcast today, who's a great friend of mine and colleague. Um, this is Kelly Bright. Um, Hi, Lin- <laughs> Hi. Our Linda Carter, any stay. Not only a wonderful, a brilliantly talented actress, but also a mummy who has got two young boys and a doggy. 
called Bojo. I know. Yes, so, I do. <laughs> so tell us a bit, Kels, about your dog Bodie. And mm. obviously, you know, having your boys with your doggy during lockdown as well. So give us a bit of an insight. Okay. So so Bodie is a Cavapoo, but he is a giant Cavapoo. Um, <laughs> I often get asked what he is when I'm out walking him. Um, he's 16 kilos. So that gives you an idea. He's a proper He's a proper size. He's a bruiser. He's a bruiser. He's such a, I mean, I, I do love Cavapoos. They are incredibly, I think they're a really good family dog and they they need a lot of company. I know that, but I knew that when we got him. He's he's like an, the third son, you know, he's like the third brother. And and my youngest, certainly Jean, who's three, uh, spends half his time pretending to be the dog. So um, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, there's a real kind of blurry, of uh, roles <laughs> that happens in our house but um I Bodhi because of the structure of our sort of lives and you know this our weeks change from week to week in terms of our hours and what we're working so no two weeks are the same but that's how it's always been and I we rehomed Bodhi we've had him for over a year now um but it's always been like that so he's his week isn't his structure of his week isn't always the same every day but there is always someone around a lot of the time because my husband works from home primarily I have a nanny you know or there's me so and I actually have a dog walker sort of three times a week as well because I quite like him going out with other doggies and having some friends to play with on a walk so um the thing about him in lockdown really was I, I guess, because there is always someone around a lot of the time. It was just that that was sort of constant. But he, I think, he was, so he was spoiled, really, mm. because he got all the company. All the love. All the love, all the company. He became very attached to me, particularly, I would say. Uh. But I think boy doggies do with with their, the female in the house. And I'm the only female in the house. So yeah. <laughs> he's got no choice. One thing I craved having a busy house with two young children was time to myself. So I would get up really early and walk Bodhi at about six or six 30. And we'd go for a really lovely, big, long walk for an hour, an hour and a half, get back. And then he would kind of conk out like he normally does for the sort of rest of the morning. And then my husband would take him out again, sort of at tea time and go for a run with him. So he actually got more exercise during lockdown than he would normally, but we, we're just fortunate to be in a position where, I mean, you could call this fortunate or unfortunate, really, but we both, both of our jobs stopped. So we were both around and could be, you know, all things to the three small people in the house, which was a dog and two boys. So I, I can't even imagine what it must have been like for pe people where both parents were trying to work and look after children and look after a dog. And, you know, because people set up their lives, don't they, so that they have help. And they probably do have a regular dog walker that they suddenly couldn't use. And but so, yes, I, I, I think my dog thought that the lockdown was a win win really yeah lots of <laughs> lots of attention lots lots of exercise but i mean it, it, it what about giving them too much exercise or talking about you know sometimes our doggies do need and you forget to have a little bit of zen time have a, like us we not, we like to have our little snoozes and stuff like that um have you noticed since they've gone back to school, you've gone back to work, he's actually going, oh, peace and quiet? Or do you think, have you noticed any changes in, in Bodhi's behaviour? Do you think he's missing having mm. all of this noise and fuss? 
I don't know. I think actually, I agree. I think doggies do need their quiet time. And I think actually, I mean, we, we luckily we transitioned back quite slowly. So I started back at work with you at the end yeah. of June. And then my husband didn't start back doing his sort of part-time jo- job until the end of July. And then the kids went back in September. So it wasn't like a instant something, you know, suddenly we weren't all here again. It was, it was quite gradual. I mean, my dog's going to be two on Christmas Eve. So he's still quite young. He's still quite boisterous. He still likes to play a lot, but he, he definitely is much calmer when the children aren't here. So if I'm around Ah. during the week and the children are at school and nursery now, then he's, he's very happy just sitting like sleeping at my feet or just he'll potter around a bit. If I potter around a bit or just let me wander off and then come back down or, or whatever. But he, he definitely needs that. I do. I think all dogs do. Mm. Leanne, is it important to have a routine? I, I know my dog is a real routine dog. Kels is is saying, you know, is true. No week is the same for us at work, but mm-hmm. it is just sort of me and her. What what do you think is best for them? Being a bit fluid or having a routine? It's uh, it's a really great question, and I think that it sort of goes back to that individual need again. Some dogs will absolutely thrive on just really being with their person, and actually, they don't care where they are as long as they're sort of together or they're they're that you know there's something familiar uh, around them. I mean, my my dog would certainly fall into that category. We we don't have a particular routine, and and we we very much go with with the flow even even though I have a three-year-old but that really does sort of match our lifestyle and and we've lived all over the place and she used to go to work every day to a different place so she's very used to just coming and going Um, but some dogs will absolutely need um, a bit of structure and they will really benefit from um, from having that structure. And even if it's not doing the same thing at the same time, it's just a very loose, you know, we get up, we go out to the garden or we go for a walk or we have a bit of quiet time around this time of day or we have our lunch at this time or dinner at this time and, and sort of a very loose rhythm perhaps um, it, some will benefit. So it really is sort of on an individual basis I think so yeah, yeah. I mean I, 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 I swear Poppy Dog can tell the time because she knows <laughs> when it's five o'clock ready for tea yeah. and yeah. she's actually oh, telling me oh does yeah. it yeah that's interesting they are they're so <laughs> so clever and cheeky is it, what sort of um changes should we be looking out for in their like moods and behavior if if we're concerned yeah. so uh, you mentioned before about sleep and and sort of every, everybody being around and, and those behavior changes and you're absolutely right um in exactly the same way as as we do having a good night's sleep really sets us up doesn't it and and it Mm -hmm. perhaps increases our tolerance and we know that our pets are exactly the same our our dogs um can be exactly the same so without that it can really affect their ability to uh, behave in in or perhaps accept things that they would normally cope with certainly that amount of time perhaps that they're sleeping you know are they getting enough rest uh being mindful of of what is going on around them and even if even if they're not being um played with or or um the people in the family in the household aren't dealing directly with the dog is there a lot of noise going on is that noise preventing them from getting some rest uh, so that would sort of be be the the first one really um and then any any other sort of 
subtle changes, these can be quite hard to pick up on. But if you notice that your dog is perhaps taking themselves away or is perhaps not engaging in, in activities in the way that they used to, uh, that is that is sort of an early sign to say I, I I just need a bit of space. So that that can be a really useful tool to use to make sure that they are sort of uh, compliant. They you know they do want to engage with you and 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 be involved. One useful tip that that can be really helpful to teach children is that ask them to come to you. And if they're not coming to you, then that's a very clear sign that they don't want to no, they be don't played want to. with. <laughs> exactly. And and it can be a bit sad. And, and certainly my daughter sometimes gets a bit sad if, if she doesn't want to engage. But it's a really important lesson, I think, to um, for them to learn that, that they have thoughts and feelings too um, and that they need that, that sort of time and, and space in order to be their best, really. Oh, that's cute. How do your, how do your boys love Bodhi, Kels? Oh, well, like I said, Jean thinks he is Bodhi. They they have a game where Jean goes and gets all of Bodhi's toys out and throws them all over the house, downstairs house. Then he'll pick, pick one up at random and run around the whole of what I've got, like an open plan house. And he runs around the whole thing with Bodhi chasing him. And then he'll get in Bodhi's bed with the toy honestly it's ridiculous <laughs> freddie is much more freddie's nearly nine and so freddie's yeah, more into like the, the tug of war he likes playing tug of war with him and i mean i do love it because he is the right dog he's the right fit for us and we rehomed Bodhi, but he is he is the right personality for our house i mean he he can be nutty as a, fr- as a fruit bat if you like at times but also, so fits in quite well <laughs> quite well yes um, but actually he's like I say when it is just me and him I mean m- one of my favorite things to do and you know this Emma, I've got a caravan in Cornwall and I haven't been at all this year and I'm not going to get to go this year but under normal circumstances I zip off for a little weekend yeah. on my own with my dog and we just walk and walk and walk and then Beautiful. we just chill in the van and I just love it and he in those circumstances is very calm and you know he's because it obviously if he's had enough exercise that's his play he's you know you ch- throw a ball for him on the beach and you know you do that for a few hours he's, he's quite happy to happy. just relax but yeah I I absolutely love love it and I love their relationship and I love the fact that they get to grow up together oh no I know it's beautiful and do they does he get really excited like when the boys come home from school Really, he gets more excited when I come home from work. Of course, I'm not going to lie. You feed him because <laughs> I feed him. You Essentially, feed him. I feed him. So, um, and also we've got into this thing. So, if he does have a treat, he usually, he has it after dinner, and I always give it to him. So Very I am. Good. I, that's I get pestered. So if I haven't given it to him when I first come in, because often I come in just at tea time or just after, I get pestered until I give him the treat. But yeah, he's he does he just loves that. He's they they're very sweet with him, I have to say, and they've always been very respectful and good with him. I mean, having a two year old and uh, uh, and a pup, essentially an eighteen month old. No, he was six months. What am I talking about? He was six months when I got him in the house at the same time. Was quite and Bodie is big. So if Bodie j- jumps up at Jean, he will knock him over. And so that was that was the that was the toughest bit. I would say that was the only thing that was a little bit keeping your eyes peeled on them all the yes. time. Yes, and but, I mean, luckily Jean's a bruiser as well, so yes. he, yes. you know, he kind of just bounces back up. Talking about like Bodie's uh, a pup, pup, and Kel's uh, Jean is 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 still a toddler. Um, you you said, uh, Leanne, you know, you your dog, your Parsons, is an old 
old girl now, mm-hmm. isn't she? And you've got mm-hmm. a three-year-old. I mean, is that something, again, like in lockdown, you know, an old dog with young kids running around being noisy? Is there any sort of signs that we should be looking at if, if they could turn, if, even if your pet's never turned before or never got angry or showed their teeth or growled, mm-hmm. is there some signs we should have been looking out mm-hmm. for? It, it is important to try and, and consider uh, it from all aspects. So from my perspective, she well she's 13 and a half now um so I'm aware that while she doesn't have any issues she might be feeling a bit stiff at the end of the day she might be um you know as we get older we don't want to be pestered and and we don't want to be sort of getting up and she she sleeps a lot more now these days so I'm just very aware that she she needs that and that she's not quite as up for things so we we have our play and and don't get me wrong they have a lovely relationship and they play together and she's incredibly gentle with her but I make sure that that when she's I'm watching for when she's had enough like I say a little tell would be perhaps she goes back to bed or she doesn't bring the ball back um mm. she sort of takes it away and and goes and, and has a rest it would be quite easy for a child who doesn't understand what they're seeing to sort of go after them and and perhaps chase and try and get the ball and try and get them to play more but that sort of having you know being mindful of that situation can can make a difference and knowing that perhaps after a walk they they may not want to be cuddled or they may be feeling a bit stiff or that sort of thing it's it's about things that may lower their tolerance I suppose and and may sort of make them feel a a bit more vulnerable so whilst it's it it can be a little bit worrying when we hear about children and and dogs and and perhaps where dogs have have displayed aggression towards a child it's it's also from the dog's perspective a communication so they're they're sort of resort that's their last resort really to to sort of try and get a bit more space and and that's what it's about they're not being mean or difficult or um awkward they are feeling a certain way and they, they just really need some space so yeah, um, out. <laughs> yeah exactly and if anything does occur so if a, if a dog does growl at your child or or, or indeed yourself um, or, or you see anything that is concerning you try and consider what it was that was happening try and and prevent it from happening again and and I would just say seek support at that point because the earlier you can get help with anything that you are concerned about and it doesn't even have to be aggressive behavior it could be anything that that you're you may be struggling with or that may be sort of affecting your relationship the earlier the better that you can get support and help and moving on to sort of cats because obviously dogs that it's quite obvious that they they will show us their feelings Mm -hmm. but cats tend to keep it all in don't they so you know have we been stressing out our cats by sort of being at home all the time and and, you know we're still you know a lot of us are still working from home um yeah how do you think our moggies feel about that or do they not care I think again, it's a it's a really wide spectrum. Like with dogs, you'll get some that have absolutely loved it, and and some that have perhaps found it a little bit overwhelming. It will be the same with our cats, and and indeed any any pet really. Certainly, there will be some that that have really thrived on having their owner around, and actually because cats typically prefer quite sort of low intensity interactions having their owner busy working all day doing something else for some cats that will really suit them because they won't be the subject of their sort of 
wanting to be cuddled and, and picked up and and whatnot. Whereas some cats will uh, will obviously want to be handled and, and and crave attention from their owner, and perhaps having them be being ignored would be difficult. So it really does depend on on the individual, and and for the same reasons, ha- having children around, children are just naturally noisier and and mm. and you know they they are busier. Uh, so cats will have some some cats will have also struggled with that transition not getting that time you know that downtime although having said that cats perhaps had or at least some cats perhaps had a little bit more freedom than dogs if they have a cat flap or access to outside they would have been able to take themselves away a little bit more easily and especially with that lovely weather we had as well it would have been perhaps a little bit easier for them in that situation obviously they were getting about out and about more than we were (laughs) (laughs) oh to Um, be a cat (laughs) exactly we needed to be a cat during that horrendous time going back to stress and the and anxiety with us working from home especially if say for example everyone's doing these zoom calls um what if you are a manager or a boss and you've got to sort of you know have these meetings and have to kick off a little bit or you know stressful conversations your pets can hear this and they can can they pick up on your stress or having to read the right act sort of thing to your employers or um, employees do they pick up on that it is possible. It certainly is a possibility that they were picking up on it. And obviously, our body language is completely different. Well, often completely different when we're at work to, to when we're not at work. Perhaps our habits are, are different and, and we, we're obviously ignoring them perhaps for a lot longer than we would be normally. Um, but we also know that pets provide an enormous amount of support and comfort as well so there's a possibility that sort of having them around may have have helped balance that so it's it's one of those things where again because they're all so individual certainly some of them would be affected and, and, and may still be but they they will there will be some that again are sort of either not phased by it can cope with it or like I say are, that just their very presence is helping their owner cope a bit better too yeah I mean I'm glad I didn't really have to work from home as such because uh, I just find the dogs it's like kids as well I suppose such a distraction I wouldn't Mm -hmm. get anything done (laughs) what about small pets Um, would they be stressed out by any more activity than usual I suppose how hamsters and bunnies I've got a a tortoise called George Michael stop it uh, he is. What do you need very, to know, Kelly? Well, he's very grumpy, even at the best of times. I want to know if he was affected by lockdown, please. <laughs> well, where, where where does he live? Does he live inside oh, he lives or in, in the, the vivarium? Is in my, in my son's bedroom. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I think any elevated noise, any any elevated activity, it is possible that, I mean, they certainly would have picked up on it. Whether they would be more stressed by it or not is another matter but certainly hamsters and and sort of small pets that may have and i suppose this this could count for reptiles too that are being handled more perhaps animals that are nocturnal and are perhaps being woken up prematurely during the day or perhaps being woken up just because of the the noise or the activity level um again as we said about that lack of sleep or, or sleep deprivation can impact tolerance levels that kind of thing it is possible that that 
those things would have had an impact on on them. I love the fact you've got a little tortoise, George Michael. And um, I have to say, one of my big concerns, this is absolutely true, going into lockdown, when it was apparent that that was what was going to happen, was that I wouldn't be able to get fresh lettuce Mm. for him. And so I bought uh, a kind of raised, it was like a table thing. And I, I sewed loads of lettuce seeds really, really quickly. <laughs> so I could try. I was like, oh, well, if, if I have to be able to get, I have to be able to get lettuce for the tortoise. That became my sort of, yeah. oh, the first thing I planted in lockdown was the lettuce for the tortoise. Oh, bless you. Well done, you. <laughs> um, uh, but get, actually, that leads on to one of my questions, actually, because what happens if you have to self-isolate? Mm-hmm. and you can't go out and get your food, you can't get any food deliveries, stuff like that. Is it okay? You know, what do we do? Because is it true that you should be very careful about changing your pet's diet? Again, some pets will be extremely sensitive to that and and that certainly would have perhaps been a source of stress for some owners uh, worried about being able to, to maintain their diet. Uh, I would say the large majority probably cope okay with with a change but yeah it, it certainly must have been a bit worrying for for, for some uh, so, I mean where, where I am uh, it was quite uh, obvious that the pet shops and everything were staying open and and it, and it, it all seemed okay but I can imagine in in other circumstances it, it would have been a real worry and if pet owners are struggling with their pets behavior and lockdown or isolation or what to do where 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 would you say Leanne to go yeah so our website we do have a wealth of information on there around behavior issues we would uh, it's always a good idea if you are concerned or you need a bit of support to reach out to a sort of registered behaviorist uh, with the animal behavior and training council so you uh, you sort of know what you're going to get with somebody who's registered anybody can actually set themselves up as a trainer so <laughs> or a behaviorist so you and there's no real regulation um, around that so it is important to make sure that whoever you reach out to is is registered to make sure that you're you're paying for the for the right sort of evidence-based information really finally girls is there anything either of you would do differently next time around i don't know actually if i would i i think something that really helped us as a family was that we did create our own timetable our own routine certainly monday to friday we gave ourselves a kind of structure because otherwise, I mean, it's for me, really, you know, I'm a little, yeah. <laughs> little bit like that. I, I need a little bit of structure, but it did really help. So then, you know, the dog would get walked early and then essentially we were homeschooling or one of us was homeschooling my older one. The other one was doing nursery style school, schooling for the younger one till lunchtime. We'd all have lunch together and then we'd have some kind of playtime or t- let the boys out for some exercise in the afternoon. And and we kind of did that Monday. T- we had something in place that and that really worked for us. So I would definitely, definitely do that again. Leanne, also, if you can't get outside, mm-hmm. what could you do sort of to keep them sort of entertained or, and, and feeling safe yeah. indoors? Yeah. So um, again, perhaps for for uh, for some, like, like Kelly was saying, having a bit of a, a structure would help. So, uh, you know, having a look online, there's tons of ideas for different games and, and safe uh, activities to enjoy things that you can make you get the kids involved um with making uh, sort of activities for our pets to enjoy which would give them something to do but also making sure that we're scheduling in that rest i think just 
being aware of how it can impact them yeah. and it, being aware of the little things that you can do to to help them out really yeah thank you oh leanne thank you so much and kelly oh, you're welcome thank you for joining thank you. us today thank and, you so and, much. and give her your doggies a big cuddle <laughs> from me and obviously your, and your your little ones too that's it for this petcast but there's tons more information on our website bluecross.org.uk slash podcast if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with fellow pet lovers. And if you love it, write us a review on your podcast app. It will help people to find the series more easily. I'm Emma Barton. The Petcast is a Bengo Media production for Blue Cross. Blue Cross.